For I've had enough of this world and its pleasures. I will arise and go forth to the house of my young. I will arise and go forth to the house of my father. I will arise and go forth to the house of my young. House of my young. Shalom, and welcome to today's teaching on the Hebraic roots of Christianity, where we study first century Christianity and the faith that Jesus, whose Hebrew name is Yeshua, which means salvation, taught his disciples. And now, Hebraic roots teacher Eddie Chumney of Hebraic Heritage Ministries International. Shalom. I'm Eddie Chumney of Hebraic Heritage Ministries, and we welcome you to today's teaching on the subject the daily tamid lamb offering this is part two of the series next we're going to look at the commandment by the god of israel that every israelite above 20 years of age was to bring once a year a half shekel for the service of the sanctuary of god and also as an atonement for their soul and this is how it was understood how the daily tamid lamb offering was a communal or a community sacrifice it represented and it was done on behalf of the nation so the daily tamid burnt offering was a communal sacrifice and it was financed or it was paid out of the half shekel contribution collected from every member of the nation of Israel. So the daily tamid lamb burnt offering was associated and linked with the entire nation of Israel. And this is how we get to the understanding how when Yeshua died on the tree, and we will see later in the teaching, how the way in which he died on the tree and the process by which he went through in doing so is associated with this daily tamid lamb offering and this is how Yeshua's death and the shedding of his blood on the tree he was doing so on behalf of the entire nation of Israel and for the entire nation of Israel but not just the nation of Israel as we see from John chapter 3 verse 16 he also died to forgive the sins of the entire world not just the nation of Israel we can see how the half shekel was given for atonement of the soul from Exodus chapter 30 verses 11 and 12 as it is written and the Lord spoke unto Moses saying when you take the sum of the children of Israel after their number then they shall give every man a ransom for his soul under the Lord when you shall number them that there be no plague among them when you number them so the half shekel donation was used for the service of the tabernacle we can see this from Exodus chapter 30 verses 13 and 14 as it is written this they shall give everyone that passes among them that are numbered half a shekel after the shekel of the sanctuary a shekel is 20 geras a half shekel shall be the offering of the Lord and everyone that passes among them that are numbered from 20 years old and above shall give an offering unto the Lord Exodus chapter 30 verse 15 it is written the rich shall not give more and the poor shall not give less than a half a shekel when they shall give an offering unto the Lord to make an atonement for their souls 
Continuing in Exodus chapter 30, verse 16, And ye shall take the atonement money of the children of Israel, and shall appoint it for the service of the tabernacle of the congregation, that it may be a memorial unto the children of Israel before the Lord to make an atonement for your souls. So a bika, which is a form of weight measurement, is equal to a half shekel. In Exodus chapter 38, verse 26, it is written, A bika for every man, that is a half shekel. After the shekel of the sanctuary for every one that went to be numbered from 20 years old and upward. A bika was discovered from the first century in Jerusalem in 2018 as excavations was being made at that time. So regarding the finding of this bika, archaeologist Eli Shukran explained, When the half shekel tax was brought to the temple during the first temple period, there were no coins, so they used silver ingots. In order to calculate the weight of these silver pieces, they would put them on one side of the scales, and on the other side they placed the bika weight. The bika was equivalent to the half shekel, which every person from the age of 20 years old and up was required to bring to the temple. Ultimately, the silver from the half shekel was used as sockets which held up the tabernacle. In Exodus chapter 38 verse 27 it is written, And of the hundred talents of silver were cast the sockets of the sanctuary, and the sockets of the veil. A hundred sockets of the hundred talents, a talent for a socket. So the spiritual picture, given that the silver from the half shekel was used as sockets for the tabernacle, is the foundation of the holding up of the structure of the tabernacle, represents the contribution of every person from the community of Israel. So the foundation of the holding up of the tabernacle, which is a spiritual picture of the body of Messiah, consists of the salvation of every member of the body Messiah as the half shackle was given for the atonement of your soul. So once again, the spiritual picture that's being shown to us here, the sockets which was used to hold up the structure of the tabernacle, the tabernacle representing the domain of the God of Israel, representing the body of Messiah, that the body of Messiah consists of every person who Messiah has redeemed through the shedding of his blood on the tree. The word translated as sockets in our Bible, which in Hebrew is Eden, is a cognate or related word to the Hebrew word Adon, which is translated as Lord. So we can see a relationship between the silver from the half shekel and the Lord himself, that is Yeshua. In Exodus chapter 38 verse 27 it is written, And of the hundred talents of silver were cast the sockets of the sanctuary. So the word sockets is the Strong's number 134. It's the Hebrew Hebrew word Eden, and it comes from the Hebrew word Adon, which means master or Lord. So the silver half shekel was used for redemption money. We can see this from Numbers chapter 3, verses 47 and 49, as it is written. You shall even take five shekels apiece by the pole after the shekel of the sanctuary shall you take them. A shekel is twenty geras. And Moses took the redemption money. In Exodus chapter 38, verse 26, it is written, a bika for every man. Every man is the Strong's number 1538. It's the Hebrew word gogolet, 
which is rendered in our New Testament as Golgotha. So the Hebrew word Golgotha means a skull, or it represents or means a person. As when you take a census, you are pulling people. And when you pull people, you count them, so you are in effect counting their heads. So the pulling or census or counting of people, and thus is translated in Exodus chapter 38 verse 26 as every man, means in Hebrew, Golgotha. So we can see the connection Hebrew that when Yeshua died at a place called Golgotha, there's a deeper meaning than Golgotha being understood to mean the place of the skull. It's really communicating the thought that Golgotha in Hebrew means or represents every person. So when Yeshua died at Golgotha, the Hebrew is communicating that Yeshua is dying for every person. So in John chapter 19, verse 17, it is written, And he, Yeshua, bearing his cross, went forth into a place called the place of a skull, which is called in the Hebrew, Golgotha. So the spiritual picture that we can see from the half shekel, its use and application, is that the melted down silver half shekels, which is associated with redemption, that every person was to give. So the silver half shekel represented the redemption of every person that was the foundation or the sockets of the tabernacle so the foundation of the tabernacle is a spiritual picture of the family of God or the body of Messiah so the spiritual picture is that the body of Messiah consists of every person who is redeemed by the blood of Yeshua and this is the spiritual meaning of what was being represented physically through the donation of the half shekel and the use of the half shekel in the tabernacle. So in Exodus chapter 38 verses 26 and 27 it is written, A beka for every man, Golgotha, that is a half shekel, and of the hundred talents of silver were cast the sockets of the sanctuary. So given that every Israelite 20 years and older was to give a half shekel once a year, it needed to be paid before the first of the biblical first month in the biblical calendar, which the biblical name for the first month of the year is Aviv, and the Babylonian name is Nisan. In the Mishnah, in Shekelim 1.1, it states, On the first of the month of Adar, which is the month that precedes Nisan, public announcement is made concerning the payment of the shekels, because the contribution had to be paid before the first of Nisan. So in the temple, there were designated places where you could donate your money for the things associated with the service of the temple. And so these temple treasury chests were called shofars because of the noise that came from people dropping their coins in these temple treasure chests. In Mishnah Shekelim 2.1, it says, just as there were chests in the temple. So in reference to the chests themselves, the commentary in the Mishnah is that these chests were shaped like the shofar, narrow at the top, where the opening was, and widening lower down. So the chests were called horns of blowing. And in Mishnah Shekelim 6.1, it explains that there were in the temple 13 of these treasury chests. 
This is the background to Matthew chapter 6, verse 2, where Yeshua taught, Therefore, when you give your money, when you give alms, don't make a public showing of it. Do not sound a trumpet before you. And so the phrase sound of the trumpet when you're giving your alms is a reference to the noise that coins made as they were dropped into these trumpet-shaped treasury chests. And because there were people who came to Jerusalem in the temple who lived outside of the land of Israel, particularly at the festival seasons, there were money changers who collected the half shekel during the month of Adar, which preceded the first month of the biblical year called in the Torah Aviv, but the Babylonian name was Nisan. In the Mishnah in Shekelim 1.3, it explains, on the 15th or thereabout of Adar, tables of money changers were set up in the different provinces where the Jewish people lived. And on the 25th of Adar, these money changers were set up in the temple. So Mishnah Shekelim 3.1 explains that money was appropriated to fund the daily service of the temple three times a year. At three periods of the year were the appropriations made, that is from the shekels in the chamber. A half a month before Passover, a half a month before Shavuot or Pentecost, and a half a month before Sukkot or the Feast of Tabernacles. The half shekel donations from every Israelite who was 20 years and older funded the temple activities, in particular the daily Tamid lamb burnt offering. In Mishnah, Shekelim 4.1, it explains what was done with the appropriations. They bought therewith the daily burnt offerings and the additional burnt offerings and their drink offerings, the omer of the two loaves in the showbread and all the other public offerings. So let's summarize what we've learned in this part of the teaching. Number one, the daily Tamid lamb offering was a communal sacrifice. Number two, every Israelite from 20 years old was to give a half shekel every year for the service of the sanctuary and as an atonement for their soul. Number three, the silver from the half shekel was used as sockets for the tabernacle. Number four, the tabernacle was physically supported from the half shekel contribution from the community of Israel. Number five, the Hebrew word for every person above 20 who gave the half shekel is associated with the word Golgotha. As Golgotha in Hebrew means skull or every person, as in taking a census. Number six, the half shekel had to be paid by the first month of the biblical calendar. If necessary, money changers were used to collect the money. Number seven, there were 13 chests in the temple to collect money. They were shaped like shofars. And when you made too much noise with your coins and dropping your money into these chests, it was said that you were sounding the shofar. So next, we are going to give an overview of the daily activities in the temple, and particularly as it pertains to those things regarding the daily Tamid lamb offering. And in doing so, as we go over each element of the daily activities in the temple, we're going to make an association or a connection how it was associated with Yeshua in the events surrounding which led to his death upon the tree. 
So now let's begin to understand some of the daily activities in the temple. We're going to start with the night watches in the temple. In the book, The Temple, Its Ministry and Services, by Alfred Edersheim on page 111, he writes, At night, guards were placed in 24 stations about the gates and courts, and of these 21 were occupied by Levites alone. The other innermost three jointly by priests and Levites, and each guard consisted of ten men, so that in all 240 Levites and 30 priests were on duty every night. The God of Israel instructed that the Levites were to wear white garments. In Second Chronicles chapter 5, verse 12, it is written, And also the Levites, which were the singers, all of them of Asaph, of Heman, of Jeduthun, with their sons and their brethren, being arrayed in white linen. Spiritually, white garments represents righteousness. Ecclesiastes chapter 9 verse 8, it is written, Let your garments be always white. In Daniel chapter 12 verse 10, it is written, And many shall be purified and made white. In Revelation chapter 3 verse 5, it is written, He that overcomes the same shall be clothed in white raiment. So, in the Jewish rendition of the night, there were three watches in the night. This is explained in the Talmud and Barahot 3a, for it says, It has been taught, Rabbi Eliezer says, the night has three watches. And Rabbi Isaac, son of Samuel, says, in the name of Rav, the night has three watches. So the first watch of the night is sunset to 10 p.m., a four-hour period. Lamentations chapter 2, verse 19, it is written, Arise, cry out in the night, in the beginning of the watches pour out your heart like water before the face of the Lord. The second watch or four hour period is from 10 p.m. to 2 a.m. Judges chapter 7 verse 19 has a reference to this as it is written. So Gideon and the hundred men that were with him came unto the outside of the camp in the beginning of the middle watch. The third watch or four hour period was from 2 a.m. to sunrise which is roughly 6 a.m. In Exodus chapter 14, verse 24, it is written, And it came to pass that in the morning watch the Lord looked unto the host of the Egyptians through the pillar of fire and of the cloud and troubled the host of the Egyptians. From the Roman rendition of the night, there were four watches in the night. The reference to these four watches are in Mark chapter 13, verse 35. As Yeshua says, Watch ye therefore, for you know not when the master of the house comes, at evening, or at midnight, or at the cock crowing, or in the morning. So these four watches correspond to 9 p.m., midnight, 3 a.m., and 6 a.m. So in the Roman view of the night watches, the fourth watch is 3 a.m. to 6 a.m. Yeshua made reference to this in Matthew chapter 14, verse 25, as it is written. In the fourth watch of the night, Yeshua went unto them walking on the sea. Next, we're going to see that the head of the temple was called the captain of the temple. And the reference to the captain of the temple can be seen in Acts chapter 4, verse 1, as 
as it is written. And as they spoke unto the people, the priests and the captain of the temple and the Sadducees came upon them. We can also see a reference to the captain of the temple in Acts chapter 5 verse 24 as it is written. Now when the high priest and the captain of the temple and the chief priests heard these things. So the captain of the temple was the leader over the Levitical temple guard. This explanation comes from the Jewish encyclopedia. The captain of the temple served the high priest of the temple and was the leader over the Levitical guard and priests that kept watch of the temple at night. The temple night watcher who fell asleep would have his clothes burned. And this is explained in the Mishnah in the note 1-2 as it says, The officer of the temple mount used to go around to every watch with lighted torches before him. And if any watcher did not rise when he came to them, and he said to him, Peace be to you, supervisor of the temple mount, it was obvious then that he was asleep. And he used to belabor him with his stick. And he was also at liberty to... To burn his clothes. The others used to say, What is the noise in the Azarah? It is the cry of a Levite who is being beaten and whose clothes are being burnt because he was asleep at his post as a night watcher. There's a reference to this thing that was done in the temple by Yeshua in Revelation chapter 16, verse 15, and he's speaking as the captain of our temple. Yeshua said, Behold, I come as a thief. Blessed is he that watches and keeps his garments, lest he walk naked and they see his shame. So as we are examining the night watches in the temple, and as we begin to relate it to Yeshua and the events surrounding what led to his death on the tree, it started with his betrayal at night, after he had his last supper or Passover meal with his disciples. In Matthew chapter 26, verses 30 and 31, it is written, And when they had sung a hymn, which is how the Passover Seder concludes with the proclamation of Next year in Jerusalem, they went out into the Mount of Olives. Then said Yeshua unto them, All you shall be offended because of me this night. So even as there were those in the temple who were keeping watch at night in the temple, Yeshua tells his disciples to watch in the night that he was betrayed. In Matthew chapter 26, verses 36 to 38, it is written, Then came Yeshua unto them unto a place called Gethsemane. And he said to his disciples, Sit here while I go and pray yonder. And he took with him Peter and the two sons of Zebedee. Then said he unto them, watch with me. We can further see how Yeshua instructed his disciples to watch as he was being betrayed at night. As we continue in Matthew chapter 26 verses 39 through 41 as it is written. And he went a little further and he fell on his face and prayed. And he came to his disciples and found them asleep. And he said to Peter, What? Could you not watch with me one hour? Watch and pray that you enter not into temptation. So it was Judas who betrayed Yeshua at night. In Mark chapter 14 verse 10 it is written, and Judas Iscariot, one of the twelve, went unto the chief priest to betray him unto them. And then in Mark chapter 14, verses 42 and 43, it is written, Yeshua said, Rise up, let us go. Lo, he that betrays me is at hand. And immediately while he yet spoke, 
came Judas, one of the twelve, and with him a great multitude with swords and stays from the chief priests and the scribes and the elders. And in the process of Judas betraying Yeshua at night, he did so through an insincere kiss. In Mark chapter 14, verses 44 to 46, it is written, And he that betrayed him had given them a sign, saying, Whomsoever I shall kiss, the same as he, take him and lead him away safely. And as soon as he was come, he goes straightway to him and says, Well, that's going to conclude part two of the series on the subject, the daily Tamid lamb offering. Shalom in Yeshua the Messiah. Amen. Thank you, Eddie. This is Stephen Morgan, and all of us here at Hebraic Heritage Ministries pray that you have enjoyed today's teaching. If you've been blessed, will you help us to share this message with others? Hebraic Heritage Ministries is supported by your generous financial gifts. In order to help you in your studies and to help us share this message with others, we are offering today the DVD, Yeshua the Lawgiver, for free for a love gift of any amount to the ministry. Hebraic Heritage Ministries also offers a monthly discipleship program. If you are interested in starting a fellowship group in your area, let us know. We would like to help you. Please contact us for more details. Our website is hebroots.org. That's H-E-B-R-O-O-T-S dot O-R-G. We would like to hear from you. Please send us an email. Finally, in order to take advantage of today's free offer, please mention this product offer and... Please mail your love gift to Hebraic Heritage Ministries, P.O. Box 81, Strasburg, that's S-T-R-A-S-B-U-R-G, Ohio, 44680. Until next time, may Yeshua richly bless you.